Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The postseason for prep sports around the state of Montana are in full force. On the gridiron, defending Class AA state champion Missoula Sentinel is the top seed for the playoffs once again. The Spartans capped a second straight undefeated regular season with a 28-14 win over Butte on Thursday. The Spartans receive a first-round bye, as does Eastern AA champion Billings West. Bozeman out of the East and Butte out of the West also receive byes. Big Sky is also into the playoffs and will take on Great Falls High on Friday. The Class AA state cross-country meet at the University of Montana Golf Course played out this week and a pair of Garden City products took home the individual titles, while Missoula Hellgate's boys took home the team title. Kenzie May, the reigning Montana Girls Gatorade Cross Country Runner of the Year, outlasted Kylie Hartnett of Helena by nine seconds to claim the girls' state title for the second year in a row. And Tanner Klumpf, a Missoula Sentinel senior who was individual runner-up as a junior, claimed his first individual state title by outlasting Phineas Colescott of Hellgate with a nine-second win for the boys' individual title. The Hellgate boys edged the Sentinel boys by four points for the team title while the Bozeman girls reclaimed the championship on the girls side after Hellgate won it a year ago. And finally the Class AA soccer playoffs are to the semifinals and on the boys side Bozeman and Hellgate appear to once again be on a collision course. The Knights host Billings West at Fort Missoula tonight while Bozeman hosts Kalispell Glacier. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. If 
you only knew, we are about to live life in the fast lane. I uh, was doing some chores this morning on my way to work, and uh, the guy sitting in the studio with me, Justin Angle, sends me a text, and uh, he says he's got two big ideas. So that's exactly what we're going to hear about next. Welcome back in. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana Television. Here's how busy we are. I can't believe this. First of all, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, is all prep sports. Great job by all the awesome cross-country runners this weekend. Western Montana, the kings of, and queens of distance running right now. I mean, Missoula Sentinel and Missoula Hellgate both finished in the top two on both the boys' and girls' sides. Individual champions for Kenzie May from Missoula Hellgate and Tanner Clump from Missoula Sentinel. The Hamilton boys won for the second straight year at Class A as well. So a lot of great distance running around here. We talked about all that and the high school football playoffs. And heard from Bryce Carver. You can find all that in the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, Sportsbet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Did you follow much of this cross country stuff? Are you into like high school cross country? Because I know you're a big time runner. Yeah, I follow it. it you know, and, and I was down at the south end of campus while the, the meet was going. Of course, because it was at the University of Montana Golf yeah, Course. Incredible, and just to see you know the Hellgate boys kind of break through. They've been so close, so, so close many times. Right. And you know, I know Andrew's the coach, and 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 Adam Peterman is back on the staff. He was on some of those teams that got real close and didn't quite break through. So to see that team break through was was pretty awesome and the girls performing so well as well i i love highlighting uh the runners uh, from around the state because i do think that because of the elements of altitude and frigid weather and yeah. uh just the hardiness of montanans in general i think that some of the best athletes that the state produces are runners i mean you see you know you can talk about football basketball whatever the best in those sports are going to go play for the cats and the grizz which is that's great that's cool but you see you know these cross country and distance runners, they're going wherever they want. Colorado, yeah. Utah, I mean, back east of Syracuse. I mean, you're talking top 20 programs. I mean, we have a couple kids from Missoula that are running at NAU, which, by the way, is the number one cross country team in the country. So I do think it's cool to highlight some of these kids. Yeah, and you think about places that have the resources and the culture to build that kind of talent. I mean, Montana has the that, those assets. Sure. Particularly, you know, if you're out in the country, you have plenty of terrain to run on, but like think of the, the mountain towns, Missoula, Bozeman, sure. et cetera. Like you've got a culture that supports endurance athletes. You've got, a, you know, endurance athletes that want to be in the town. You've got access to terrain. And the coaches are just insane too. I mean, some yeah. of these coaches are so good. I mean, Look at Clint May. I always thought Clint May, when he was at Bozeman, could go coach anywhere he wanted, mm-hmm. and here he is now. He's the, the head track and field coach at the University of Montana. So, we got you're talking collegiate-level coaching, too. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it is very fun to watch. I do think that the communal element of cross-country is very fun, too. You know, just mm-hmm. the fact that uh, it it there is a certain very elite competitiveness to it, but there's also an opportunity for a lot of – kids to participate that maybe have no state championship aspirations whatsoever, but it's still just a fun thing every day, you know, to be around your friends. I know a lot of kids yeah. that have gotten into it just to, you know, sort of make friends and have social Absolutely uh, interactions. Absolutely great. Healthy lifestyle. If you can run the distance and put in the time, you can be on the team. Um, yeah. I mean, those sorts of, those sorts of experiences are awesome. And, you know, they, they build positive culture all the way up through. So even at the tip of the spear, those runners are benefiting from the culture of, of inclusivity that a lot of these teams have. Got to love it. Business Angle, Justin Angle, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Uh, so I was uh, 
on my way here, and Justin texts me today, and he says, I got two big ideas, and I'm just going to leave it at that. You tell me what you got here, because I think this is very, very, very fascinating where this could lead. Well, so, I, so uh, you know, part of my job is to sit around and think about stuff. I mean, that's Which what was what makes your do. job awesome. Yeah, a lot of times it's pretty awesome. Do you ever get tired of thinking? Yeah. Man, I think about yeah. this all the time. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think about how I overthink all the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... Sometimes I'm too tired to like come up with coherent ideas, but like anything else, I mean, sometimes that's when the best ideas kind of come forth is when you're sort of at the limit of, of what you think you can do. True, um, true. I've been thinking a lot about, I mean, as a marketing professor, I think a lot about the customer experience. Right. And when I think about opportunities to provide breakthroughs in business, I think about areas where the customer experience is bad. And, you know, a, a great example of that was, you know, 15 years ago or whatever it was when the iPhone came to be, right? Like going right. into the wireless store is a crappy experience, waiting three hours for them to, you know, run a background check so you oh, can buy a cell phone. Like, what am I doing? And then you could all of a sudden order a phone right from Apple and right. set it up at right. home. You know, and I just, I think we talked about this car I got a couple of weeks ago. I ordered that car online in 90 seconds. It was like four clicks to buy it. It's awesome crazy that experience. That you think about like areas that are ripe for disruption are things like healthcare. Does anybody like the customer experience in healthcare? Right. Do you like the customer experience in higher education? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're trying to do better on that. On that, but if you like, you try to apply for financial aid at a college, it's pretty challenging, right? For sure. So those are areas where I think we can do better. And you've been asking me in this segment more and more about gambling. Right, right. Sports gambling. And I've been thinking about, I'm not a gambler myself, but I've been thinking about it and also thinking about like what's bad about the current experience of watching sports. And a lot of it is the ad driven model. Right. TV sports. And we've right. talked about like, hey, if players like Amazon come in that don't necessarily need the ad model. They can create a much better viewing experience. You take the ads out of a football game, the game gets shorter. You know, it's there's less standing oh, around. The fans in the stadium are more engaged. I was thinking about this during the Eastern Washington game when they hosted the Grizz on uh, a night game that was on ESPN2. Mm-hmm. Because it was a national broadcast, it was the longest game I think I've ever covered. Forever. And, I mean, I, I told you the story. One of my buddies who works at the hospital, he didn't get off work till 1130, and he texted me. He said, what in God's name is happening? Why are the Grizz on live TV right now? And I said... Dude, we're, uh, it was a national game that didn't start until 8.30. This will be 1 in the morning by the time it's done. But, you're, I mean, for hardcore people, they don't care. But that's a tough sell for a lot of people. A lot of people are not staying up till midnight to watch a football game. I'm certainly not. <laughs> that's not, right. Not when I got to get up to work the next day or you do whatever I got to do. So you think about that, and those, there's incentives to make those games longer, right, so they can sell more ad inventory. If that doesn't need to be part of the model then you can do a lot of other things. And, you know, this this idea of having this whole gambling apparatus distinct from the, the, the viewing apparatus, you know, why are those two things separate? Why not pair them into a singular um, experience? Oh, man. And on some sort of a mobile device, you know, if you're consuming a game and being able to bet in the same app or substrate through which you're watching the game. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. that's where this is going, so, right? So you're saying that I'm going to have, I'm going to be watching my NFL Sunday tickets yes. on my iPad. Making bets That is also interface. a kiosk. Yes. I am making bets. Oh, oh my gosh. 
This is going to be the greatest and worst thing that ever happens to 100%. so many sports people. Yeah. Oh. But it can be a, be a totally different experience, create a totally different uh, level of engagement. Why not integrate those two systems? Um, it creates a lot of problems and challenges too, but it changes the revenue model. I mean, these, these teams could get a piece of the action of this betting and it creates all sorts of, you know, you got to manage this well, but, but there's no real reason from a technological standpoint or a user experience or customer experience standpoint that you shouldn't combine these platforms. You know, having all these different apps is, is silly and, and you know, seamless integration is what customers want. It is a business angle with Justin Angle. He's a University of Montana business professor. We do this every other Tuesday. It's presented by Blackfoot Communications. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Uh, as somebody that's worked pretty much endlessly for the last almost decade to try to build a, a multimedia uh, entity Empire. That, that has that has it all, you know. Uh, one of my one of the guys I really look up to is Bill Simmons because I think he's one of the the pioneers of this, one of the godfathers of it. He sort of saw this way before it was coming. You know, I mean, once upon a time, Bill Simmons was just a mid thirties bartender in Boston that had this page two back page sports guy mm-hmm. column that then he turned into this absolute empire with first Grantland and now the Ringer and all that, but. Bill Simmons and uh, has a lot of contributors, one of whom is Cousin Sal, who used to be a producer on the Jimmy Kimmel Show for years. And I don't know if they're actually cousins. I think they might be. I don't know. But they've been doing this podcast for almost 10 years called yeah. Guess the Lines. And I remember when they first started doing the podcast, this was far before there was any sort of uh, legalization or really even any real cultural acceptance of sports gambling. But they used to always frame it around... You know, if by chance you somehow were to figure out how to make a bet, you know, we would never do that. People in our world would never do yeah, that. But yeah. if by chance, what do you think the line might be here, you know, with the the Eagles hosting the Cowboys or whatever? And uh, it, it is fascinating. But now the Guess Lines podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. Mm-hmm. And it's just all out there in the open as it always was. But it's just now, you know. Hey, I I really did bet this much money on this game. Right. You know, they play what they call million dollar bets, where they start with a million dollar bankroll and they're making bets with this false money. But they're really making these bets. They mm-hmm. really are, and they always you know commiserate the next week about ones they lost. And they have their bad beats, all that. the The craziest part, though, and this is there's two big worries for me. But the number one worry is uh, not the customer experience, but the repercussions for said customer. In other words. At the end of every single one of the FanDuel reads they do in the podcast, they give you the gambling helpline sure. for every yeah. state, yeah. and they have to do it. I think it's required by law, but it's like, if you have a gambling problem, here's the number you call in. This state, this state, they mm-hmm. go, I mean, it's a two-minute read of the numbers that they do. So, I mean, how could that deter this? Because I do think that um, it's a great thing that in America we can consume whatever we want, but that also comes with a caveat, Right. Yeah, and, we, and we've seen some some pretty big shifts in industries. You know, turn of the century, we saw prohibition and it, the way that the alcohol industry was influenced. The, the last several years, it's been the taking down of big tobacco. So where are we at with that element of this when it comes to this potential sports gambling uh, craze? Yeah, so I just want to be clear. Like, that's not this. The future I just laid out a few minute, moments ago, like. I'm not advocating for that. Absolutely. In many right, ways, right. I think that's a dystopian future that creates a ton of problems, right? right. Um, erodes the integrity of sports in many ways. But you can see the market forces could be driving it in that direction. Right. And so, you know, what do you do with that? I mean, you've seen all these problems like the rise of the Robinhood app, 
right? right? Gamification of stock trading. And it's just sort of become this accessible form of gambling. And it's great to maybe use that as a way to educate the masses, um, particularly a, a younger set on how to invest and how to be thinking about your future. But if it becomes a game, there's risk with that, of course, risk on multiple dimensions, gambling addiction, all those other things are, are, are huge problems. And I would say like, why not create smart platforms that, you know, we're using the artificial intelligence underlying all these platforms online to, to make business decisions. Why not use them as ways to detect dysfunctional behavior and addiction? There's got to be, Ooh. there's got to be ways we can use the algorithms to predict the behaviors we don't want and, and create incentives to avoid those behaviors. Now that could be counter to the revenue model necessarily. We're seeing that reality play out in front of us all with the light that's being shined on Facebook and all of its warts right now. Sure. If, if you kind of know how the market mechanisms will drive the platform into bad decisions and bad behaviors, you can create policies in advance to, uh, to avoid that. Now, not everything is foreseeable, but you can foresee some of it. I, I'm so conflicted because on one hand, there's all sorts of um, regulations in place when it comes to uh, risky and or dangerous mm -hmm. behavior. Uh, but on the other hand, I would like to say that I don't like there to be a, a, a massive amount of government overreach or, or any sort of overreach from any entity. So I'm sort of stuck on this But because I, I always think that in terms of um, maybe addictive behaviors, I think that people that are going to fall down the rabbit hole are almost always going to, no matter what. They're going to find ways to do it. It's just as the Sports Illustrated issue this summer that laid out all these different uh, elements of sports gambling is very interesting. But the, the the primary thesis was that all of the that the legalization does is bring it to a point where we can regulate it yeah. and tax it mm -hmm. and benefit from it. Because, like in the state of New Jersey, they estimated that there was a sixty billion dollar gambling. Sports gambling industry before sports gambling was ever even right, legalized. Right. So, you know, I don't know. It is sort of a slippery slope there, though. Yeah, I mean, there's a few different ways to look at it. You could say, like, you know, the, the people who say legalize drugs and tax the heck out of them. You know, I think that's a simplistic view. You got to ask yourself, well, why are people gambling? What are they, what benefits sure. are they deriving from that? Is it a pure form of entertainment? Is it, is it um, some thrill they're seeking? Is it some dopamine rush? Like what are the underlying reasons why people are engaging in the behavior? And if some of those reasons are, you know, problematic, like let's help those people get connected with resources to address those problems. I mean, you could say you could extend the same argument to, to drug abuse. I mean, there's, there's people that, you know, there's the sociologists that study this, like why like drug addiction is argued. A lot of people would suggest that drug addiction is, is a socially mediated phenomenon that mm. you're, you're, you're not, other people would say it's, it's a bad chemical. There's debate about that. Right. Sure. But I think more and more we're learning that you know, people turn to drugs or turn to some, um, you know, behavior that can have negative consequences for the self because they're trying to address some other problem that's not sure. being addressed in some way, whether it's relationship stress, work stress, who knows what. So why are people engaging in the gambling? What are they getting out of it? You know, it, it's like anything else. It's probably something that should be done in moderation with some amount of balance. And we should just have mechanisms for sort of understanding why people are engaging in it. It is so fascinating to think about. It's a business angle with Justin Angle here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. 
Okay, so that's sort of the the overlay, just in terms of um, you have your your device, you're watching your football game, you're being able to bet on it. But then your last line here, I'll just let you state, what is the premonition here? How would this be similar to what we experienced in the financial world? Well, okay. So think back to 2008, 2009, the financial crisis. And have you you read and or seen The Big Short? I'm sure you have. Of course. I mean, this is like right up your alley. And my first job out of college was trading mortgage-backed securities. So I worked in this space for, for quite a while. And you could see a lot of the kind of crazy perverse incentives emerging that that later kind of fueled that collapse. And, and the biggest thing was that, you know, you've got these these investment vehicles that are created by a stream of payments, right? A mortgage is a stream of payments and you pulled up those payments together and then you sell a bond on the other side. And the bond is only as good as the security of the stream of payments that, that goes into it, right? It's an asset-backed security. I could see a world where, you know, some market puts together something similar with betting markets in some way. I don't know exactly what it would look like, but but if you think about it, like what fueled the housing crisis was this insatiable appetite for these sorts of investment vehicles in and around Wall Street. And because the market wanted all these fancy derivatives and different sort of securities, it created this incentive for the system to go out and loan people a bunch of money that they weren't really qualified um, to take on that kind of debt. It was bad debt, right? Right. And so if the securitization model kind of gets applied to sports gambling, it's going to create this insatiable appetite to incentivize more and more people to get into gambling. Right. So there's more money in that space so they can then go and use that money to sell some sort of, you know, what, what I'm describing is some sort of bubble developing. Totally. Right. And, and it could have, I could just see some similar dynamics because the perverse incentives that are, that are, uh, you know, remind me of the financial crisis exist in this space as well. So much of that already exists though. Right. Yeah. I and mean, I guess I, you know, I don't want to be stereotypical, but uh, it seems very unlikely to me that the top consumers of like video poker machines are, um, also like the presidents of millionaire million dollar companies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it's, uh, you know, not a lot of self-made millionaires are playing the lottery. <laughs> yeah. They call the lottery attacks on the stupid. Right. I don't know if I'm quite willing to go that far. It's kind of fun to buy a ticket. Sure. Right. But, right. But yes. I get your point. It, it's uh, so I, I, yeah, I just want, I wonder it, it, it could be very fascinating to see. So I, I expressed the concern about the individual, a consumer, but then there's also just the concern over, the sanctity and, and authenticity of the game. Sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, the World Series is going to begin tonight, which is actually, it's crazy. This is a, this is a state of baseball. The fact that we are one hour and 25 minutes into this show and the World Series begins tonight. And that's the first time I've mentioned it. That's the state I'm of talking about the sanctity of the game. Right? The Astros are in the World Series. <laughs> exactly. And what is Robert Chase, our program director at the Trail, one of the biggest baseball fans I know. I said, Chase, who are you going for in the World Series? And he's like, well, National League, he's a Cardinals guy. So he says, always National League. I'm always going for the National League, going for the Braves. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Braves are a fun team. And he's like, and all my number one hope is that the umpires just don't get involved. The umpires don't ruin this thing. <laughs> well, that's going to be the, the number one thing that is addressed and attacked when sports gambling comes about. Oh, yeah. When does a bad call cost somebody a million dollars? What happens when we, I mean, I'm not projecting this, but. There's a there's a dystopian world in which we digress to the point where 
big time gamblers are going after guys that make blown calls. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like that's a real world. It's not a likely one, but it's not an impossible one. No, I mean you turned me onto that whistleblower podcast. I went down that binge oh. craze in the last two weeks since our last conversation, and you know, those forces exist. Absolutely, um, and they exist now. You know, and I think if the stakes get higher, those forces just become stronger. And so having strong leaders and strong regulatory regimes, I mean, we'll have the the good thing about all this, right, is that everything is measurable. Everything's observable in this in this world of, you know, algorithms and data. And it's just a question of can people with access to those data use it to make good decisions and set up the platforms in the right way? I mean, I think it can be done. You can't certainly foresee all problems, but. You could certainly avoid a lot of the mistakes of what we're seeing in, in digital media right now. It's it's crazy to think about. But then you also think about the heavyweight championship boxing, for example. The fact that the Klitschko brothers were uh, heavyweight champions and they did not unite the belt. And then that they have such strong KGB ties. I mean, <laughs> it's, it, that's already happened in the world yeah, of boxing. And yeah. it's one been one of the things that's been a hit to the popularity of boxing. But... I don't know. I, the optimist in me thinks that uh, that the savory nature of what we love about sports and competition will always exist and uh, will be hard to ever uh, deny. Uh, the pessimist in me thinks that cheating and corruption has always been a part of sports, and maybe now we just have a bigger lens on that. Oh, yeah. Both are true, right? Yeah. Go down and watch a little Little League game. Right, and you're going to see the purity of those kids playing. Sure. But then you watch the behavior of the parents. <laughs> right. And I'll make you cynical again. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Justin Angle in studio with me. It's a business angle. We'll do this every other Tuesday here on Nuanas now. What else you got cooking? You got the New Angle podcast. What's coming up next on that? It was a great episode, by the way, with Coach Marty. Marty Morningway comes in here every Monday. That's you, right. You had a great episode with yeah, him. Yeah, we had Marty a few weeks ago. So this week I have a conversation with my friend and economist Bryce Ward. We get into some of the effects of COVID-19 on educational outcomes in our in pr- primarily with um, you know, elementary school kids. And then the following week is uh, an episode that, that listeners might be interested in. We have Abe Streep, the yes. author of Brothers on Three, a fantastic chronicle of the Arlie boys basketball team, the Warriors, who won a couple state championships a few years ago, and just the story of that community. Um, it's a it's an incredible book, and the conversation with Abe was uh, pretty illuminating, so I hope folks can check that out. That'll be next week. One to very much look forward to, because that uh, was a phenomenal story. That's when I first moved back to Missoula, when those guys were on that awesome run, and uh, a little bit sad to see the way it's kind of, uh, yeah. I don't want to say falling apart, but I mean... You know, Zane Pitts was one of our favorites around here. I think he did uh, just so much important work for that community. And then he, he kind of got forced out there. That's a, that's a bummer there uh, at our league because he was certainly an asset to the young people. But here nor there, um, a phenomenal story to be sure. And uh, we had Abe on this show once upon a time uh, a couple years ago when he wrote that awesome New York Times article. So uh, that'll be a good one to look forward to. Anything else you got cooking? Well, um, working on a book based wow. on Fireline. So, um, I, yeah, I'm working on a sabbatical application right now, and that'll hopefully give me some time away from... I love teaching, but you need some time away from it to um, to kind of recenter and to uh, work on other creative pursuits in a book based on Fireline um, collab- in collaboration with our editor, Nick Mott. Um, 
yeah, we're in the proposal phase, so nothing is done at this stage, but um, we're hoping that something comes together pretty quickly. Well, very good. We will uh, catch up with you in a couple weeks, but in the meantime, uh, I guess I won't see you until November, so happy October. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Colter. You have any World Series uh, picks? Who are you going for? You know, I'm a Red Sox guy, so I'm still recovering from that uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a collapse. But, you yeah. know, I think we what well, we talked about our second time around, like, I love the Braves just because they were on the TV all the time. Right. So, you know, but I guess I'm going for the Braves. So. Hey, I'm, I'm there with you. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Demario Warren, he brings his team to Missoula to play Montana in football on Saturday. Southern Utah's head coach joins us next. He'll be right here, ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. Oh, little Sturgill Simpson, I'm telling you, I'm going to have a party or celebration of some sort in my life, someday, where Sturgill Simpson plays at it. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to make it that long. I don't know. I, I, that's a, it's a goal, though. I just I want to have a party in Montana with Sturgill Simpson playing at it. I don't know why this is like my ultimate fantasy, but it is. I just It's just what I want. That would be a measure of success to me. It's Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas, coming to you like we do each and every weekday between 4 and 6 p.m., Giving you all the best across the state of Montana in the wide world of sports. Coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Trucktober down at Northwest Motorsport. That means 1.99% APR financing on their extensive inventory of trucks. But you got less than a week left. So if you're in Missoula, head on down to the corner of Stevens and Mount. Or if you're passing through town. Or if you want to check out all the inventory from all around the region. Online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. When we first launched Skyline Sports back in 2014, there was a couple of premier teams in the league. One of them was Southern Utah. They were a team on the rise. It was one of the things that actually helped us uh, in our establishing of our, of our new startup was the fact that some of the schools that get less coverage, like Southern Utah, Portland State, they had breakout years, those first couple years, and so then we were sort of the, the primary source, even though we were based out of Montana, and that helped us a lot. But uh, that's all to say, I've covered Southern Utah extensively. I think if you went on Skyline Sports, it's uh, the Cats and the Grizz and the Grizz of the Cats, whatever order you want to say. Those are the two that have the most stories written about them. Uh, but then probably third is Eastern Washington, and I bet you fourth is Southern Utah because they were really, really good there for a while, and they had some very compelling characters Really interesting stories. Uh, Ed Lamb, their former head coach, he capitalized on uh, some of the 
advantages you can find when it comes to recruiting LDS missionaries, guys that go on missions for a couple years. You can, if you if you budget it right, budget quote unquote like from your roster perspective, your roster numbers, you can have a pretty darn veteran team. Uh, and they did that in 2015. I think they had eight guys that were part of the 20 uh, the 2009 recruiting class. So guys that have been in and out of college for like six years. We're experiencing that now. Uh, but this is sort of a once-off, one, uh, once a one-time-ever situation that we got going on in college football right now. But so Utah State, great advantage of it. And uh, they were homing along. Playoffs in 2014, league championship in 2015, league championship again in 2017. The one season in between, they still had a winning record. And uh, now, and I mean, I remember in 2017 watching Patrick Tyler and those guys come into Washington Grizzly Stadium, beat the Grizz. They beat Eastern Washington that year as well. So it's a team that was very, very, very good. Very proud program. Demario Warren was the coach of the year in the Big Sky 2017. And uh, it's been uphill sledding all the way since then. They've only won six games in that amount of time. Caught up with Demario Warren earlier today. Time now, as we do each week, for Across the Sidelines, presented by Mike Nugent and Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. We interview coaches that are taking on either Montana or Montana State. This week, Southern Utah travels to Washington Grizzly Stadium to take on the Grizzlies in Missoula. We're joined now by Demario Warren, the head coach of the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. And Coach, this is strange. I've been interviewing you for eight or nine years now, and this is like the last time I'm going to interview you as a Big Sky uh, member. I guess maybe uh, we got a little bit later, a little more in this season, but uh, still very interesting because Southern Utah moving out of the Big Sky Conference. So first and foremost, how are you? How you doing? Thanks so much for joining us. Good, good. Doing good. Just getting ready for the Grizz, man. It's uh, an exciting environment for our, for our young players to go out there that's never been out there. And shoot, I don't think we've been out there for a long time, so uh, since 16. So I don't think there's very many people left from that team. So it'll be exciting. To, uh, that's what you dream of as a coach, as a player, just to go in that type of stadium and 30,000 people uh, booing you, that's uh, it's pretty cool. Well, you have a unique perspective because you've been at Southern Utah for the duration of the time Southern Utah's been in the Big Sky Conference, and now with this being sort of the last hurrah in the Big Sky Conference, what are your thoughts just on Southern Utah moving out of the Big Sky, moving into the WAC? Yeah, I've been here been here before the Big Sky, during the Big Sky, and, and now uh, we're moving out of it, so it's... Uh, it's just interesting. I know the Big Sky has been good to us. We, we won a couple championships, and I don't think there's many teams uh, that can say they won multiple championships in the Big Sky since we've been in it. And so, had some success, had some some down years, and uh, it's, it's definitely been frustrating uh, not being able to get back to that point. But this conference has grown, man, since since the time I've uh, been here. And when you look at some of the coaches now, they all a lot of them came from from. Uh, Power Five conferences or, or uh, uh, Group of Five conferences, and so the transfers uh, that those some of those schools are getting are really good. And got Bobby Hawk back in here. Uh, it's just uh, Danny Dan Hawkins. Like it's, it's really changed over the last three or four years. And my wife was talking about it the other day. I think I'm like the, the third longest tenured coach, and, and I've only been here six years. So it's been a lot of turnover, a lot of great coaches coming in, and uh, it's, it's super competitive, which is fun. Well, let's talk about just the ebbs and flows of Southern Utah because when we first launched Skyline Sports, my multimedia company that's now partnered here with ESPN Montana, we uh, Southern Utah was riding, riding really high. I mean, you're talking playoffs three out of four years, a couple of Big Sky Conference championships, and uh, this last couple of years trying to get back to that level. So what's the ebbs and flows been like for Southern Utah, and how much do you think, just like you just mentioned, the changing landscape of the league has influenced just everything across the board for your program and, and other programs in the league as well? 
Yeah, uh, obviously, again, it was disappointing. We, we definitely won some championships there in 15 and 17, which were, which were awesome. And 18 was a down year. I thought we were really young. And, and 19, we started to build a little bit towards the end of the season, went into the last four, and then and then COVID hit. <laughs> so it's uh, just it's, it's always a grind here. It's never easy, even in those years that we won championships. I mean, we got blown out early in the season by South Dakota State in, in 15 and uh, we got blown out by Sac State in 17 before we went on our run. So it's just a unique place where you got to have a lot of guys that, that have a lot of grit that that, uh, that are bought into the process and bought into doing it in Southern Utah. And um, and it helps to have a bunch of seniors that are graduating all at once. And so we just haven't had that – that I haven't been able to keep guys here long enough and, and, and have that, that um, camaraderie uh, for four or five years. And so it's been a grind, but uh, we're – competitive and dang near every game and just trying to find a way to win some of these. Demario Warren joining us here. He's the head coach of Southern Utah. It's Nuanas now on ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television around the state of Montana. And coach, uh, take us through this year's season so far. I know last week uh, a back and forth close game against Northern Colorado. You guys fall seventeen to nine. But where are you at just with your team? What, what do you thought of just the way that you guys have been playing so far? And uh, is there any carryover from the spring season? Because I know you guys were one of the teams that did play in the spring. So has that had any influence on you for better or worse? So far this fall uh yeah i think it did help us just be a little bit more prepared because we had some some new coordinators uh in 2020 that didn't get to coach and so it was good to get some plays on film and so we can go over those things but but one thing that these dudes do our team is they're just competitive i mean we didn't play well against san jose state and we come back and are fighting our tails off against arizona state five days later um then we go on the road and win a game and then we get number two at home uh, against eastern and uh, we, we drop a ball late in the second quarter, and uh, instead of being down two, all of a sudden we're down 16 because they go down and score. And so we fight back and claw back in the third quarter, and then they kind of pull away at the end. Um, and so we're, we're there we're, we're for some really good teams. Uh, NAU, we fall behind and we fight back. We're down 24-0, and we climb within 10 two times. So the good thing is that, we're, we're like I said, we're continuing to fight. Um, you look across the, the league and you see these 44-0 blowouts. I'm just hoping our team can continue to fight. And I think that's one characteristic of our team and our city is that we're going to continue to work hard and we're going to continue to fight. And so that, that's the good thing that I've seen. And it's it's uh, carried over from spring, being able to bounce back from all those tough losses and continue to fight like that they're doing. I'm just so proud of the guys each and every week. Well, one guy on your roster that I think that probably objectively really benefited from the spring season is Braxton Jones. I know he's gotten from sort of an unknown guy in this league to a guy that was a first-team All-American as an offensive tackle there uh, coming out of the spring, and it uh, seems like he's playing well again. So what have you thought of just his development? He seems like he's kind of that big sky guy, right, where he's kind of a diamond in the rough, and, and uh, now he's developed into a guy that's getting some hype as maybe a potential NFL guy. So what do you thought of just the way he's grown? Yeah, exactly. kind of just kind of my point earlier. We just don't have enough four or five year guys, and he's one of them. And he's developed into a draft pick. I mean, we've had pretty much every NFL team almost twice through here, um, and so I, I wouldn't be I'd be shocked if he doesn't go in the first four rounds. And so he's developed. Didn't start his first two years, and uh, just continued to develop. And Coach Fernandez did a great job with him, uh, and he got better and better each and every year. And, and now he's, in my opinion, the best O lineman. Uh, in the big sky and one of the best uh, old linemen in the country. And so it's, it's been awesome to see him and how humble and how hard he works each and every day. 
Was there a moment that you sort of saw the light bulb turn on for him or where you saw him sort of turn in the corner and, and go in? Because I know he was a converted defensive lineman. So, I mean, was there a moment where you sort of saw him get, get that uh, aha moment and then really start to develop into now what he has become? No, he, he wasn't a, um, a D lineman. He, he started out at O-line. Uh, he's been an O-lineman. But um, I would I would just say when he finally got that chance to start, he was sitting behind Marquez Tucker, which got a shot with the Chicago Bears and played in the uh, XFL for a year. Um, so he got a chance to learn from him. He played with uh, Zach Larson, which has won the Remington Award uh, as the best center in the FCS country. And so he, he, he was around a lot of great people. And, and I could just see his work ethic each and every day. And it wasn't – and I think that's the, the thing that our, we try to get our guys to understand is, like, you just put the, the work in each and every day. You're never going to see those big jumps. All of a sudden, you're going to look back two years, three years down the road, and you're going to be a Miles Killebrew or Sean Sims or James Cowles or a Braxton Jones. And um, when guys buy into that and continue to work like that, you get to see these type of results. And so I'm, I'm just so happy for him and his family. And, um, yeah, excited to see what happens next for him. Across the sidelines, presented by Mike Nugent, Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. Demario Warren, the head coach of Southern Utah, joining us here on Nuanez Now. His team, the Southern Utah Thunderbirds, come to Missoula for the last time as a Big Sky Conference member on Saturday afternoon. And, Coach, you mentioned some of the NFL lineage that your program's had in recent years, and uh, we find it just uh, so fun, especially at Skyline Sports, following some of these guys that have played at Southern Utah that are now still making it happen in the NFL. I know Miles Killebrew still plays a ton of football in the NFL, and uh, it's just very fun to, to watch those guys play it at the highest level. But what about the Southern Utah program has allowed for that to happen? Because right now, Southern Utah has as many guys playing on Sundays or at least as many guys getting the opportunity to play on Sundays as anybody in the league. Uh, it's the environment here. Uh, I, I honestly believe that if you have a program, a structure that's going to work hard, you don't have a ton of distractions. And so Coach Lamb did a great job of, of building that uh, structure, of just the mentality of working hard. And when you got you got guys that uh, you, you recruit that have the potential to go to the NFL, either height, weight, or size, um, and they put the four or five years in, then it, then it happens. All of our guys have been – high school kids like we haven't had a lot of transfers that go to the nfl and so it's just a development program that that again is in an environment that there's not a lot of distractions but it does take a special person to come in here and and grind it out for four or five years and 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 we've been fortunate enough to have a lot of those those type of kids on our team well, Coach, let's talk about the matchup at hand. Montana coming off of a 34-14 victory uh, at Idaho. And uh, the Grizz were riding as high as anybody in the country the first month of the season, but then they dropped two straight Big Sky games, uh, losing at Eastern Washington and losing a home at Sac State, but a bounce back for the Grizz last Saturday. So uh, just in your broad analysis, what have you seen out of Montana? What do you think of this team that you're coming to visit on Saturday afternoon? Uh, their defense, anything defensively, whether it's a kickoff, a punt, or a defense, they are flying around. They play hard. They uh, they're physical, uh, and they they arrive with bad intentions. And so, it's definitely fun to watch them as a defensive coach, uh, seeing those guys fly around like that. And it's a good example for our, our team, like them and Eastern, just the, how hard they play is, is I think what separates those two teams and why they're two of the top teams in the, in the conference. Um, and so I think that's going to be a, a hard thing for our offense to be able to sustain drives because they they create so much chaos in the backfield with the blitzes and the stunts up front. And uh, so making sure that we stay in front of the chains, making sure that we are able to move the chains and, and be able to control the ball is going to be a huge part uh, for our offense. And then defensively, 
Um, they they're trying trying to think they're trying to find their way with their quarterback, their their backup quarterback, and they they threw in the the third string guy a little bit to run the ball. Um, but their running game's good. They got their big up front, and so uh, they're gonna kind of kind of again trying to continue to to control the ball like we're trying to do uh, and rely on that defense that they got. And one factor that I think that. I don't want to say it's overlooked because I think that people understand the paramount nature of special teams, but Montana is playing as well on special teams as I've ever seen them play on special teams. Bobby Houck is a longtime special teams guru, and he says this is the most dominant kick and punt units that he's ever had. Does that show up on film, and if so, how important is that to prioritize uh, in a matchup like this? Yeah, for sure. I, I think he's absolutely right. And I, I think it carries over from the, the defense. Like I said, anybody that's that's running and tackling on that team is fun to watch. And they're flying around, they're hitting people, and they've done a great job. And I think their kickoff return team is third in the country as well. So uh, the return game's not doing too shabby either. So they're they're hitting on all cylinders uh, on the on the special teams and, and defensively. And and so that's again, it's going to be a big challenge for us. And uh, like I said, uh, hopefully we can continue to just be in these ball games and, and then find a way to win at the end. But um, our guys are going to obviously have their work cut out for them, be in a great environment. But we're, we're super excited to go out there and compete because uh, I think it'll be a great experience for our guys. And uh, I've been a part of beating Montana at Montana, and that was a, a heck of a day. Well, that leads me to my last question then, because I have covered you when you have one in Montana. So you guys have done this before, at least you and yourself and some of your coaches have before. Uh, so what do, how do you sort of get your team prepared for what will be a raucous environment, uh, certainly one of the best environments you play in all year? How do you hope your team prepares for it? And how do you get them ready for what awaits at Washington Grizzly Stadium on Saturday? Yeah, we we talked about. I mean, we we only had one Division One win when we went into Montana that that year. Uh, we had a losing season that year, um, so that kind of got our got us going for the rest of the season, being able to beat them there, and, and we knocked off number one Eastern Washington later that year, um, and kind of propelled us into our first playoff run ever. Um, so it, it, that was a huge day for us. But we 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 watched the video of of the stadium and showed them how close the sideline is to the to the wall and how on top of you they are. I try to turn up the speaker as loud as I could so they can hear the crowd noise on third down and just kind of prepare them, just making sure that they understand what they're getting into. And then then once we get there, realize it's just 100 yards and 53 and a third uh, feet wide, and we're going to be able to, to do all the same things that we do at home, uh, just in a different stadium. And so, and again, if you, if you really, really, really want to be a college football player, this is the days you dream of. Like going to this stadium is just as good as going into Arizona State. Um, and that's just being honest. Like it's Arizona State's a big stadium, and, and it was rocking. But being on Montana and having those fans on top of you and and them yelling at you, it's just a different feeling. So I I'm fired up just talking about. It. I can't wait to get out there. <laughs> we can't wait to watch you, Coach. And uh, I'm sure our paths will cross in the future again. But in the meantime, thanks for always giving me so much time. I've learned a tremendous amount about football from you. It's been very fun covering your program and the guys that you've had have represented your university with great class. And it's always been awesome covering Southern Utah. So we really appreciate you joining us this week, but also for all the v- dozens of interviews you've given me in the past as well. It's always been fun uh, learning about and covering Southern Utah. So we really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us here today on ESPN Radio. I appreciate it. Thank you. There you go, Demario Warren across the sidelines, presented by Mike Nugent and Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. It's a wild real estate market right now. Could be a good time to buy. Could be a good time to sell. No matter what questions you have, whether it comes to residential or commercial real estate, Mike Nugent and his team at Berkshire Hathaway 
are your local real estate experts. What's going on the rest of the week? We'll let you know here on Nuanas Now right after this. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio Missoula. Little Led Zeppelin? Nah, little Greta Van Vliet. You can never really tell the difference, though. Sacrilegious to say that, but also apt and accurate. Welcome back in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Up against it today, so I'll just give you a little tease of what's coming up tomorrow. We'll hear from Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. We'll also have some fancy football advice and some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Montana State uh, sideline reporter Alex Eshelman will also join us for the Montana State Minute. Maybe even hear from Brooks Nuanas from Skyline Sports. And uh, we'll take you all around the Big Sky Conference as well. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Have yourself a phenomenal Tuesday evening. This has been Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.